So, what will be the topic? Any questions? Yes. Uh, Madhurya Kadambini describes uh, six stages of Anishtika Vajana Kriya. Uh, so, uh, I'm wondering whether um, they are all like progressive stages or they kind of overlap. Yeah, I, I think they it's overlapping. I, they're not presented as a progression necessarily, but they are they are um, kind of psychological um, realities that devotees in that stage can encounter. Hmm? But it's not that you go through one to the next to the next and there's a progression like that. And you may not necessarily encounter all of them either. And there may be other psychological type of... Um, uh, manifestations as well that are not, not, not necessarily comprehensive and speak about all such kind of it's kind of a psychological as I say it's a kind of a thinking that gets in the way of the practice thinking I'm more advanced thinking I should do this I should do that Yudhavikalpa so on and so forth um so there, I think they could be um, spoken about in such a way as to cover a lot of ground. But there might be other um, psychological kind of dispositions that that the practitioner encounters that that uh, get in the way and need to be passed through, so to speak. But it's um, it's a unique uh, contribution of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. Mm. and useful very useful but as I say in answer to your question it's it's not presented as a progression go through one to the next to the next uh, that said uh, my God Brother Dulal Chandra is giving a series of lectures on that whole section in Madhavan um, they're being recorded they maybe uh, yeah, I would imagine they'd be very useful to listen to as he's, he's going into them in some some depth. Hmm. So you could uh, write a uh, email requesting where they can be uh, downloaded or listened to and so forth. And I would, I would recommend for a follow-up that you, you do that. He's putting a lot of time and effort into that. I think it's well spent for him and for those who are listening. So... I recommend it. Also, are there any um, descriptions, like positive description of Mahajana Kriya stage? Because those are kind of like all negative things that come. You're asking, are there some? Yeah, what would be uh, positive things that we could observe? Those things not being present <laughs> would be positive. <laughs> The absence of such would be would be positive, and there seem to be all impediments to having the mind, you know, fixed, one-minded, and so forth. So, this is required. One-mindedness. Work towards that. What else? Yes. I was thinking the other night you were talking about humility and I was thinking 
like when I read about Shri Prabhupada and I hear about him, he didn't seem to be like humble. Like so, I was wondering if, because um, he was very uh, confident, and if you can elaborate more what is real humility and um, how we can practice in everyday life, how to increase in everyday life. Well, it's a big topic, and. Um and first uh, off, I would say that there's a difference between confidence and humility, or excuse me, there's a difference between confidence and pride. Hmm? One, one can be confident, for example, that they've been blessed and w- with a proper understanding and strongly stand up for it and assert uh, themselves in relation to that understanding, which is representative of the of the uh, proper understanding of the scriptural import, for example, um, and and be very humble indeed. Uh, humility, in a, with the way look, we look at it, is not abstract, but humble before Guru, before Krishna, before the, the, the teaching. Hmm? Not humble before a tiger or a snake. Um, that wouldn't be a good idea. Uh, necessarily. Um, So, in other words, we uh, may stand up for the right understanding, for the truth, for what the scripture says, for what Krishna wants, what our Gurudev expects, and so forth, and we may be confident that that that's a fact. Hmm? We may make um, effort and be uh, exert ourselves and, and so on, and and uh, with a sense of confidence and uh, and all. But what we're really doing is the bidding of another. In other words, we, so that's humble. It's not my own point, or from my own position I'm doing. For Krishna, I'm I'm doing. For my own self, it's another thing. So, for example, if if Krishna is offended or the Vaishnava is offended, we may become upset. But if someone offends us, we, you know, we, don't, we don't take it very seriously. Others may take it seriously, hmm? uh, as, they, as they should. But um, when we become, you know, uh, 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 stand up for and uh, jive, uh, we stand up for the Vaishnava, the, Vaishnav, the teachings, Krishna and so forth. Again, it, it looks like one thing, but if you look inside of it, you can see, I'm, I'm doing this as a service to someone else. So humble in relation to... The, uh, the mandates of the scripture, guru, and so forth, not in some abstract way that uh, you're just always a humble, um, uh, effaced kind of a person and so forth. And, um, and that said, also, uh, while we are uh, concerned about false pride, there's real pride, too. So, like you take the ahankar, the ego, there's a positive side to it and there's a negative side to it. You have to use the positive side of it 
to to do the sadhana. You know, it's part of the conditioning in the ego, but it, 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 it the subtle body, but it has to be used to deconstruct it also. So um, so there's a sense that I that I am hmm? uh, <laughs> that uh, uh, and then there's a sense that I am this or that that might be inflated and uh, and so forth. And so this is where you get into this problem in modern society of the conflating humility with some type of uh, psychological dysfunction of of being um, uh, what's the word lacking self-esteem and and uh, any willingness to assert yourself and so forth in the name of humility this can very much get in the way of sadhana I mean you have to kind of take charge in your sadhana and as I say, make effort. Obviously, I often make the point, make an effort to get grace, but you have to make a serious effort about it. There has to be some conviction. And, um, and, uh, and of course, for ourselves, we're confident in the, in, in, in the merciful nature of Krishna and that by applying ourselves in pursuit of grace, it will come and so forth. But you have to make that kind of effort. So there's a, I want to say, some type of... Uh, Exertion again. We exert ourselves. We make effort to get to get grace, but we make make the effort, and so this kind of has to be like a a, a a sattvic kind of sensibility. Hmm? You have to have a healthy kind of psychological. If you want to take, like, let's say you take a house, and then you color the house. You know, you decorate it. So the house undecorated is this is the hunkar, and then you decorate it, hmm? and that's the psychological kind of ego. Hmm? Um, so, so it's an add add on, but uh, but the hunkar itself at its base, um, well. Uh, uh, a sense of I. I mean, there's a there's a higher sense of I. A hum ahata and a hunkar. A hunkar means the false sense of self, and a hum ahata means that, that there's a there's there's a sense of I that the jiva has inherently, but it's working that a hum ahata in relation to the ahankar. Hmm? And, and meanwhile, the ahankar it's complicated. It obviously, has this psychological dressing of ego that that kind of psychological ego has to be healthy hmm? or the healthier it is uh, the better equipped you are to dismantle the uh, and apply yourself in bhakti i mean uh, that's the whole idea that someone in sattvagun will have an easier time applying himself in bhakti than someone in the tamaguna and the rajaguna hmm? uh, sattva means balance it implies a healthy psychology and so forth so there's a place for um, bringing the psychological ego into healthy condition and overcoming these kind of like uh, phenomena like self-loathing and uh, 
uh, lack of self-esteem and so forth that, that are really indicative of tamasic influences of this of the uh, on the on the psychological ego that they, they cause doubts and hesitation and so forth. You need like some fortitude, some conviction, some you know. You're a doer. You have to do something. Sadhana. You have to do something. Hmm? Um, and and it's the, the hunkar that's working. But it can you know it, you can get it to work in a different way, hmm? right? That it will serve to this be dismantle itself, get, get, give rise to the to the real ego. Hmm? Not only to the, to the ego that I am, but I am the servant of Krishna. And so, um, you know, you ask about humility, and I began by saying, well, humility before Krishna, before Guru, it, 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 it takes a certain shape that may not always look like humility, which is what you began with. It doesn't look like Prabhupada was always very humble. He was very like, we're doing this, we're doing that, and and so on and so forth, and uh, writing to his god, but yes, and I'm opening a temple here and a temple there, and, and so on, and... Uh, uh, we have so many books, and, but he's really asserting himself on behalf of Krishna, Krishna's mission, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission. He was very much felt uh, that an experience that's all going on by by Krishna's grace. He didn't understand why he was why he was the person who had such success, how it all came to him, and so on and so forth. But so he was humble at the core, but at the same time, it takes a certain shape. Bhakti Siddhanta gave a was famous gave a famous lecture about humbler than a blade of grass i think it was called and he was on, on his vyasa puja day the day of his appearance in the world his birthday and they were celebrating sitting in a big seat he says look at me the big animal sitting up here on a seat like this and all of you down there and you're wondering whatever happened to chaitanya mahaprabhu's mandate we should be more humble than a blade of grass and i'm sitting up here telling everybody what to do where's my humility and so forth and then he went on to explain that um, that um, he saw his disciples as his own teachers, hmm? keeping him engaged by their inquiring spirit and their 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 uh, inquiries and so forth. Their interest kept him talking about Krishna, and and he did so with with conviction and 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 so on. And he he, he painted this picture of what how he was actually how it might appear and how he was feeling about it, seeing it. Hmm? It's a very different uh, perspective. Indeed, again, he saw the students as, his, as, as, as being sent by Bhakti Vinod to teach him, to engage him, uh, to keep him busy in Krishna's service. Um, and, it, and for that, you know, he had a seat and an, an upadi, a designation, a charja and so forth. But he saw it all as a, as a role that he was playing. And he explained this way, a dynamic sense of humility rather than this kind of idea of just a humble, effaced person who has no, no, no self-assertion and you just push him around, he's humble. It wasn't, it's not the idea that... Um, that uh, Mahaprabhu was speaking of humble. Hmm? Ex- don't expect honor for yourself. Honor other people. Hmm? Um, but just see, Krishna Das Kaviraj is the example of that. Hmm? He makes a strong statement about himself in Chaitanya Charitamrita. I'm lower than the worm in the stool, and 
if people hear my name, they'll uh, lose their piety. If they chant my name, they'll commit impious, an impious act. And so it's hard to listen to him say such things about himself. But meanwhile, he's writing with some conviction there in Chaitanya Charitamrita, and he's writing about the position of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and helping to establish the Sampradaya. And if you study his writing, you see he's really arguing against other ideas that are out and about at the time. His whole argument that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God or the source of Narayan and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is that Krishna. He says, this is controversial. I'm making the point. He doesn't shy away from it and he doesn't encourage us to shy away from it. He said, the controversies come to strengthen us and, and so on and so forth. So you have to put these two things um, together. And you, you don't find, uh, well, probably put it like this, something like this, a, a, a lion on the chase and a lamb at home. So, a lion, when you are out and teaching, establishing the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we'd be like a lion, roaring for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this is right. And, and then at home, amongst devotees, humble like a lamb, gentle and so forth. Of course, even amongst devotees, and some of us have to assert ourselves, that may be our, our service and so forth. So, Anyway, some dynamic idea of humility that uh, that that is uh, what's being presented that may, on its face, look the um, otherwise or even even the the opposite. I mean, to, to roar like a lion. It's like you're blowing your own horn, so to speak, and people may think like that. And uh, this is the point that Bhakti Sarasvati Thakur was. Was making. We should be proud to be humble members of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Sampradaya. We should feel good about that. We should feel good about ourselves that we've made the decisions to be to be devotees and we've identified with this. And we think it's a blessing. It's a good fortune. But hmm, um, and and again, you want to you know to get a healthy there's a place for getting a healthy psychology so that you're not affected by by these uh, self-doubts and self-loathing and and so that it immobilizes one and that's not what Mahabharata was talking about when he talks about um, humility humility as I said and conviction they actually go together hmm? that you find in Mahabharata's verse about humility. He's, it, that's why it, we say that it, it, it represents nishta. Nishta is a stage of conviction, right? One is sure. My faith is fixed and my practice is fixed, which is indicative of the fact that my faith is fixed. My faith is wavering, it's not very developed, then my practice won't be developed. Um, Again, faith defines a person, so a person whose practice is fixed and, uh, and so forth, then we say that we say they have firm faith, hmm, right? So there's nishta is a stage of confidence that's characterized also by humility. Hmm. So these seem to be um, opposites in a sense, but again, confidence is not pride. Hmm. 
So there's insight, uh, realization, and a clearing that uh, has taken place in Nishta. There's clearing so that one can see straight ahead the path. It's straight. Hmm? It's not now curved and you don't know what's coming around the other side because the mind has been cleared and the heart of the principal obstacles, like you were talking about earlier, psychological obstacles and, and so forth. Hmm? Um, so there's a, there's a conviction there. Hmm? surety and and there's a humility also because one is humbled by the prospect that he or she can see is clearly um, coming within within uh, uh, reach therefore Mahaprabhu says if you chant like this with this kind of decorum this kind of these kind of ornaments humble the mind humble like a blade of grass, tolerant like a tree, giving honor to others, expecting no honor oneself, then prem will come very quickly. Prem comes quickly from that point. Hmm? So once the path is straight, hmm? there's no more detours. Hmm? Now we have, before we get to Nishta, we have so many detours. Hmm? When the path is straight, then praying will come quickly, he says. So you have to, that's why I sometimes present that as an interim goal, this nishta, you have to ar- arrive at. Hmm? And this is, you know, yogic sensibility. Because we go about our practices happy, do devotional service, but there's, there has to be the culture of the mind. Hmm? Fix the mind and so forth. So as we are successful in our external practices, then this internal organ is, is going to conform and be focused. Hmm? So you come to Nishta and as I say, you are convinced and, and your conviction is evidenced in your consistency and your practice and your ideal. It doesn't waver and, and, and so on and so forth. And at the same time, you are humbled by what that ideal is and the fact that it is coming um, uh, within grip. It's, it's, it's like you realize it's possible, possible. I, I, tangibly, I feel I, I'm getting somewhere. Hmm? I'm, 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 I've, I've sometimes compared it to climbing a mountain and you want to go into the valley of love of God. So if you get to the top point, you, we think, wow, I, you look back, I'm not going back that way. <laughs> and then you look ahead and you see, you can see that it's, oh, it's all downhill from here. Hmm? So there's some conviction. But at the same time, you're humbled by what the prospect is. And so, as we sometimes say, as you get closer to the, as the finite gets close to the infinite, it feels, it feels finite. Hmm? You feel how small you are. Hmm? And you feel how small you are also in a qualitative way, hmm? not, not in, a, in a quantitative way, yes, but also in a qualitative way. That means you feel that the measure of Krishna's affection is extraordinary. Hmm? And the measure of my affection is, is very, uh, well, that's a quantitative, but the quality of it, it's, it's, he's so magnanimous, so generous, so, so kind. 
This is the feeling as we progress. We make all the effort, but we feel we're progressing by grace. Hmm? And the effort that we put in, as much as we've given our all in all, we feel, oh, it, it doesn't warrant just my effort, the result that I'm getting. It's so, it's so extraordinary. So I'm humbled by the result, which is affectionate reciprocation from Krishna. And some experience of what that prospect is that's now coming it's within it feels like it's within reach hmm? so this is this is very um humbling hmm? and at the same time as i say it's it's full of um conviction conviction about the nature of krishna his kindness his generosity and you're experiencing it hmm? so if you don't understand these things then you, you may think some sometimes an advanced devotee like Prabhupada would say different things, and you think, well, he sounds proud there. Hmm? Of course, I knew him personally, and uh, that wasn't the case <laughs> by uh, any stretch of the imagination to humbly come to America with nothing. And Of course, he was convinced, too. What was he convinced? My Guru Marsh wants this, therefore I'm going to do it. How will I be successful? Krishna, you have to help me. Hmm? Otherwise, it's impossible. And fervently he prayed, and Krishna gave him the power, and and so that power added to his conviction. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, he, he, he Islam was spread by by violence and uh, Christianity by wealth. Mm-hmm. Prophet spread by humility, mm-hmm. humble beggar. We were saying that as a humble beggar, he came to America. Hmm. My Guru Maharaj wants me to do this, I'm to come and beg people to take the Krishna consciousness. He had no wealth, he had no army. <laughs> uh, uh, he had his faith in Harinam. So, Sadkirtaniya Sadahari, he wasn't deviating from that. This, this verse is about humility, tolerance, so on and so forth, and, and the corresponding conviction that kirtaniya sadahari, steadiness, steadiness, hmm, uninterrupted in, in the practice, hmm, apratihata. Hmm. Then it comes to ahitaki, enriching. Hmm. I mean, practically, uh, practically, you know, for all intents and purposes, practically, the that which gets in the way, impediments, the uh, are retired in Nishta. They're still there, but they can't come out. Hmm? Hmm? So, uninterrupted, apratiyata. In Ruchi, they're, they're actually gone. Nadanam, nadanam. He says, I don't have any desire for wealth or fame or uh, followers or anything like this. So the desires are gone. This is no absence of any other desire. He says, bhakti. Only desire for bhakti. Hmm. Fully spiritual hmm. desire. In Nishta, the state said it, there's still material desire, but they're like seeds and they can't. The bhakti is so consistent that they just can't have a chance to grow. It's like if you take water and seeds and just keep water in the seeds, they'll, they'll never sprout. They get waterlogged. Hmm. So you keep dipping into the ocean of bhakti, sadhana bhakti, hmm. consistently, and they can't fructify. Hmm. There may be some habits that are there that are still 
just like if you open a box of camphor and take out the camphor. You know what camphor is? It's, it's very, has a very powerful scent. If you take the camphor out of the box and close it, I'll give you the box. There's no camphor. You open it, you'll still smell the camphor. So, used to there's still some scent of the conditioning, but it's, it's, it's really not there in any, any sense that it can be operative and affect one's bhakti. Hmm? So, this stage, nishta, full of conviction, Mahaprabhu speaks about this also in in connection with, with humility. So, this is this is the beginning idea of humility. Well, it begins, I suppose, before that. In in the previous Anishta Bhajana Kriya, before one's practice is steady, one is humble enough to feel I'm not steady in my practice. And the reason is because there's nothing wrong with Krishna. There's nothing wrong with Bhakti. My pranam to Krishna, to Bhakti, to Guru. Hmm? It's with me and my ability to to to, to take up the, the practice. Mahaprabhu says the names are very generous. You can chant anywhere, anytime, any place. They don't seek any such qualification. They're full of power, full of his shakti. Of shakti. Hmm? But I'm not attracted to them. I'm attracted to other things. I have false values that I th- that I think are worth pursuing. Anartha. It means like that a false value that I think of pursuing. And therefore, my condition is somewhat embarrassing. And I recognize that. And that just happens to be my condition. But I recognize it and I feel some healthy remorse. This is my condition. And oh, Harinam, you're very kind to stay with me and keep me in the association of devotees. And so if we think like that, name will stay with us. Hmm? So there's a kind of kind of humility there, so to speak, that's a little bit um, mentally born, if you will. Hmm? And um, if that's in place, the name will stay with us, and gradually those anarthas will be cleansed away. How we how we overcome namaparad by continuing to chant, hmm? Hmm? despite. I have no attraction, and so forth. This kind of thing. Then in, in Nishta, then this humility is 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 arising more out of out of realization rather than being contrived, or maybe contrived is not the best word, but mentally arrived at by ascertaining the situation. Oh, I have an artist in my heart that are getting in the way. Hmm. Um, in this, it's more. I'm actually coming in touch with the with the the substance. I, I, the road ahead is, is straight, and again, the nature of the subject, the nature of the ideal, is that it's humbling. Hmm. Krishna is very generous. Krishna is very affectionate. Hmm. I have hope, not in myself. Hope, because Krishna is the way he is. Hmm? Ashabanda, confidence, and this kind of 
So these are kind of preliminary ideas. I said kind of like a mental humility and more of a, a beginning of a spiritual humility. You go the other end, of course, and I believe in Brihad Bhagavatamrita, this uh, uh, Sanatana Prabhu has described humility in a higher end as being part of, synonymous with bhakti. It begets bhakti, bhakti begets it, and so on and so forth. This is a, this is a, this is the nature of de- fully developed bhakti. Hmm? Devotees naturally humble and increases his bhakti, bhakti. He in, in back and forth, as I say, more or less, he equates that kind of humility with bhakti itself. Hmm? In nishta, that means that there's steadiness in chanting. There may be steadiness in humility and tolerance. You want them both together. Hmm. So, uh, these are some some thoughts about humility. But one of the big problems, as I say, is this this un- unhealthy kind of um, ego that he, that then starts to hear the. The arguments, uh, the, the mandates the, for humility, and uh, it tends to immobilize one and fill one with doubts and uh, can't proceed and and so forth. This is this is not what's what's being talked about. This is a modern phenomenon. We see it's quite quite common. It's uh, it's um, it's. Uh, It's um, it's painful, you know, to see because people suffer from that, hmm? and it gets away in their of their progress. What else? Yes. I had a distorted uh, idea of humility for years until once we read um, in the Shaitanya Charitamrita of Rajanai that Haridas Thakur was pulling up nice gardening puri by Mahaprabhu where he was happily uh, doing his bhajan. And I remember thinking, how can you be happy if he's humble? <laughs> I was so surprised with that. Because the, the aspect of self-deprecation, always, you know, you think of Kaviraj Goswami, Madhavendra Puri, they're always beating themselves, it looks like they're beating themselves up. Oh, no, you know, qualified you enter the house of Advaita Charyasta, you know. And then I realized you know, all the things you said, that the more you close, you're close to the infinite, the more you see the qualities. And, and mm-hmm. for years, how can be, you know, happy, humble? Right, it's arising out of being in touch with the ideal and how overwhelming it is, how beautiful, how charming, how, you know, and the devotee gets into some competition with Krishna serve Krishna, Krishna tries to serve the devotee. And, you know, so it's it's very um, very humbling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to understand the teaching properly, this is such an important point. You see so many devotees are held back by this and misunderstanding, humility, and people give up. I read once one lady said um, she was a, a, understandably a champion of women's Position in the world, which has been you know trampled on by by men for you know centuries and so forth, but then her reading of Eastern spirituality was like you know forget this stuff. Hmm? Women been like you know deprecating themselves for too long now. We got to stop that. You know this doesn't work. So 
So it was an example of kind of a of a of a misreading. Hmm. But also, you know, a a an explanation of a psychological reality that's uh, that has to be taken into consideration in today's today's world hmm. and, and addressed in such a way that that um, those who have been oppressed and they may be more prone towards a false and unhealthy type of humility and, and, and so forth can uh, not be held back by that. It's, it's, it's a tricky <laughs> a, a task. It's a difficult task. What else? There's a verse in the first canto, I forget which chapter, fourth or fifth, it says, it's a famous verse that says, like, all literature or, or words that do not describe Krishna are like a place of refuge. Uh, For the crows. crows. So I was wondering how to understand that verse. Mm -hmm. Just because, I don't know, myself I've gotten a lot of, like, joy and insight out of reading, out of, you know, reading many different things, even not from spiritual people or, you know. So I was wondering how to think of that verse. Right. Um, Well, one thing is that I think that as one develops... hmm, in bhakti, hmm? uh, unless they have a service for preaching and so forth, which requires some knowledge and being acquainted with currents of thought and whatnot and so forth, then they can find themselves very satisfied just relishing the devotional texts and hearing and chanting, and other texts will become unappealing by comparison. Hmm? Um, that said, I don't know, I think we may read other texts and find them valuable um, in a broader sense. Um, a lot of the kind of books you might read are about related topics hmm, to spiritual pursuit, self-realization, the nature of consciousness, a healthy psychology, and so on and so forth. Um, related topics or topics that are in the Bhagavatam that somebody may specialize on, hmm? let's say, in the secular world. Hmm? And so, you know, in a broader sense, they don't, they don't have to be excluded as they're, they're not part of the Bhagavatam. Hmm? Um, um, you know, there's Gyan in the Bhagavatam. There are texts about jnana only. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, just to give you an example. Or, um, you know, in, in a broader sense, um, um, there may be persons that hone in on certain topics. Uh, like one, one of my godbrothers once said, you know, I was listening to this guy and, and he teaches that you're not the body and he says it's better than Prabhupada. And so I said, well, yeah, that's good, but that's not the only thing Prabhupada was teaching. <laughs> Other things, too. But you could take that part and go, this guy talks about it even better, and more, more comprehensive than Prabhupada. So, okay, we read about it here and take advantage of it. And so it's related and so forth. And in a broader sense, I think someone who's a devotee and reading the Bhagavatam can find 
books, topics, uh, and so forth, authors that whose works are related. Um, but I think other than that, and, and there's a place obviously for being educated and, 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 and that can help you to take advantage of um, what's in the devotional texts. Um, but uh, I think ultimately what the book is saying that there are books about mundane topics and the pursuit of material life. And they are like into a garbage pit where crows go. And then there are books about spiritual life. And amongst them, the Bhagavatam is the, is, is, is the most beautiful. And, and it's for the Hamsas, swans, and the Paramhamsas. So you have to look at the book of Bhagavatam as in a genre. It's about spiritual life in the broadest sense. It's about experiential spiritual life and pursuing that. And, um, and books that talk about that comparatively, um, compared to books about material pursuits, they have uh, uh, value and taste and meaning and beauty and and so forth. That's another way. And then the broad and the more specific ways, like I said at the beginning, you get a taste for the Bhagavatam and you could say, who cares for any other book? And hmm, I just stay within the Bhagavatam. Hmm. Of course, staying within the Bhagavatam can, can come out, you know, you, 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 you come out on the other side and then you see the Bhagavatam and everything. And you, you draw from this book, Bhagavatam, this is what the Bhagavatam says, this is what the Bhagavatam says here. He's saying the same thing the Bhagavatam is saying, like that. So, that's all right. Mostly, it's a statement for a for a taste a taster. Hmm. Hmm. Who's relishing the Bhagavatam? Hmm. In comparison to which is about bhakti and. And the Braj Bhakti, in comparison to which even topics about Gyan become very dry and unbearable. Uh, um, but it's it's not a mandate that nothing else should be read. Vyas read many books. <laughs> right? Now if he compared also his book last book to every other book he thinks this is this is this is this is the best one it's a kind of a strong feeling type of statement appreciation for the Bhagavatam you could say and all the books in the world could burn if we just said the Bhagavatam would be complete and somebody run out and start burning books what are you doing why are you burning the books you know but you said you know no that's not what I, I didn't say to go burn the books I'm just making a point here the Bhagavatam is, is is complete. You don't need any of the book. Well, should I, I guess, should I throw them away? No. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, yeah. there's only one kind of shine from the sun that reflects in this way and that way. So it's ultimately the experience of the Bhagavatam then, right? Mm-hmm. So you think, you know, people are only speaking about the Bhagavatam, people are only writing about the Bhagavatam. They don't realize it, but 
That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm seeing. That's a, something like that. The whole world is talking about Krishna consciousness. They know what the songs on the radio. That's what they're all about. So, devotee will see like that. Mahaprabhu heard this, 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 the cinema song during Ratha Yatra and he went into ecstasy. And Rupa Goswami wrote a verse saying, what was he thinking? Why was he, people like, what, he's supposed to be a sadhu. What's he thinking singing a cinema song during the Ratha Yatra? So Rupa Goswami wrote a verse that explained what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was thinking when he chanted that, sang that song. He's looking at Jagannatha singing a secular love song. But he was completely absorbed in the Viraha, in, his, in Radha's separation from Krishna. And singing about that, Rupa Goswami brought it out. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saw his verse. He said, "What? What kind of? How do you know my mind?" He wrote the verse and he he put it on his hut, like published it. Mahaprabhu saw it. He took what is? How did you understand that? Gave him a slap. Hmm. You've understood my mind. But he was he, he, so here. It's, this is an example. He was listening to a secular song, but all he was hearing was the Bhagavatam. So, reading a secular book, but it's all speaking to you. Mm. So this is the broader idea of the Bhagavatam. Mm. People are all moving for Krishna consciousness, mm. directly or indirectly. Some ways to think about that. Mm. Yes? I was just thinking there, it's conversely, it's like how Borakashore left Babaji when that, that, that guy was reciting the Bhagavatam and all he heard was money, money, money. Right. Different, <laughs> different orientation to it, different motives. He was speaking the Bhagavatam, but, but Babaji Mar said, you heard the Bhagavatam? All I heard was rupee, rupee, rupee. Guy had set up a shop to speak the Bhagavatam. People would come to give money. He wanted Gorsh Shortas Babaji to come to his Bhagavatam class. So he set up his place next to Babaji's place where he was staying, because Babaji was famous as a being a great saint. So he thought, if Gorkishore comes to my class, then I'll be able to say, even Gorkishore comes to my classes. Just see. But Gorkishore didn't come. And afterwards, he told his assistant, can you go and sweep that place over there? And his assistant said, Babaji Marsh, how can I clean the place? The Bhagavatam has been spoken there for three days. He said, you heard Bhagavatam? All I heard was rupee, rupee, rupee. Hmm? Was his, the man's heart? Was he just wanted money and recognition, distinction? So you're talking about an opposite way. Man's reading, citing the Bhagavatam, but he's really not reading the Bhagavatam. Somebody else is reading a mundane book. We used to say about Sridhar Marsh. Uh, there was a saying amongst his governors: "If Sridhar Marsh reads the newspaper, it's like re- he's non-different from reading the Vedas." Hmm? what he's really reading and getting out of that. He told Bon Maharaj once, Bon Maharaj, stop reading the Bhagavatam. If you want to preach, you've got to start reading the newspaper. Sridhar Maharaj told that to Bon Maharaj. <laughs> so, you know, seeing it all in light of the Bhagavatam, how people are thinking, and see what they really want is Krishna Khan, there's ways to talk about it, and so on and so forth. And, this idea. So all we need is the Bhagavatam. All there is is the Bhagavatam. All there is is Krishna consciousness. Some know it and some do not. 
Prabhupada said, everyone is my disciple. Some people know it, some don't. <laughs> Pretty proud, huh? <laughs> what else? Well, it's good to have you here. We have some more guests coming in a few days. There's some other sannyasis in the area trying to get a cabin here, I heard. Here directly, yeah. We want them, want them to come. All right, we stop there. She see, Dauji Gopal ki jai, Gauri Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai, Gopakta Vrinda ki jai, Gopremanande.